This podcast was recorded live in London at the ICAD conference. I'm Aaron Huey. Welcome to Beyond Risk and Back. So my guest is Alex Roseman. He's a an award-winning speaker. He's an author. Uh, you've got a few things in your background. Yes, I've quite a few. Um, and a breakthrough coach. And actually was an actor and sometimes still am. Just for, um, just for fun. Fantastic. Why not? Um, so yeah, thank you for bringing me on. It's my this. pleasure. So uh, this is our round two. Our first, our first round <laughs> recording here. Uh, suddenly everything uh, uh, bounced off. So I want to start again. Yes. We are talking about... Um, how psychology can be broken down into some simplistic natures, if nothing, if nothing else, then for good explanation, for easy understanding. But we're talking about some basic core principles here, and that's why we name this "Am I Loved?" Okay. And and when we were talking, I want to bring it up first because I thought it was brilliant. It really helps with it, with uh, uh, getting the conversation going, but. You said everybody has an addiction, mm-hmm. and that it, at the very least we can be addicted to our problems, yeah. because that addiction in and of itself helps us get our needs met, mm-hmm. and one of our most important needs is finding out if we're loved or not. Yes. And saying, I have a problem, leads to someone helping us try to solve that problem, leads to connection, leads to feeling loved. 100%. Okay, build on this for a second. So we've got, am I loved? And what's our other basics? So the fear, the two deepest fears that lie behind everything is the fear of not being loved and the fear of rejection. If you understand when someone's going through why they're so scared of not getting the, the interview to get the job, if you understand why, why are you scared of this? Well, if I don't get this, I won't make money. Then what? Well, if I don't make money, then I won't be able to provide for my family. If I can't provide for my own family, then they might leave me. And if they leave me, I'll be I'm alone. alone. I am not loved. Exactly. Okay. And it goes to that core, that deep core of what we are so afraid of. So now, how does that begin to help me? So let's let me take on the role of a parent for a second. Yeah. My kid's struggling. Mm-hmm. I'm reaching out to talk to someone. Because I'm struggling because my child is struggling. I feel guilt and shame because maybe I failed my child. I've been through a, a divorce. I have my own addiction. I've got my own problems to deal with. It's rubbed off onto the child. The family life is not doing well. But I can realize that this, a lot of what I'm going through, if not everything I'm going through, is coming from am I loved or will I be rejected? How does that help me move forward in my work with my kid? Well, you know what? The work with a kid from my observation it's an inner reflection of what's going on for yourself and we so want to deal with a problem by just throwing it at someone else the child is not looking for that they are looking for that connection they're yearning for that love and because a lot of the time people are so unconscious to this and we're so distracted by so many different things that the child just wants presence they want the adult's presence the parent's presence the caregiver's presence and because of that i recently just as I said earlier, this client of mine who was looking at this goal that she wanted to achieve, and I pointed out something that happened within her childhood, which was creating a conflict within herself, that she wanted something, but she couldn't because of something that was made her feel guilty if she went for it. 
which stems back to her giving that to her children. And when she realised it, that in fact her what traumatic event happened to her in her childhood, she behaved in a way to overly protect them, which meant that they couldn't then go out and fully express themselves, so they felt maybe trapped by this, which then leads to other ways of them having to escape this. So it's about looking at the parent themselves, going, what is it that you're doing that elicits their behavior? It's a, this is like the ultimate um, legacy luggage. It's, yeah, a, it's exactly. the baggage that we're carrying on. As soon as our children can walk, hashtag we're like, legacy luggage. hashtag legacy luggage. Here is something for you yeah. to carry on your journey. It's the same crap that I carried on my journey. Mm -hmm. Okay. Here you go, son. Here you go, son. Okay. so. Are all experiences that parents are going through with their kids, the struggles that they're having, based on a struggle they had in a kid, mm -hmm. in your opinion? Yeah, it's, it's passed on <coughs> very much unconsciously. As I said before, you know, when we're in a state, when we're children, we are making decisions consciously that go in unconsciously that literally dictate our whole life. Right. And it doesn't have to be something traumatic. It can be something pretty small, but as a child, you know, our sole dependency is based on that caregiver. So any little thing feels like we're under attack right. as a child, right? It's magnified. And as an adult, they did something, they forget about it. The child has made a decision, their world becomes like this. And so they picture the world, I am this and the world is that. And suddenly everything gets smaller and that child who's playful and carefree is starting to disappear. I mean, do you remember as a child, it takes someone to come along to make you unhappy? Now, as an adult, it takes something long to make you happy. There was a flip around, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's looking at that, it's looking at what adults are now doing based on the decision they made as a child because that child was still dictating, dictating that person's life. Okay, so once we recognize that it's what happened to us as a child yeah. or what our experience was as a child, it's now what is going on, whether it's flipped or identical, yeah. right? Yeah, because 180 degrees of sick is still sick, um, yeah. right? Yeah. So whether we're dealing with the same thing or we're dealing with something completely 180 degrees as a result of what happened to a kid. So now I'm a parent and I have that information. Oh crap, this is something that I went through as a kid and now my kid's going through it or oh crap because my parent wasn't there i'm so overbearing that my kid is starting to have troubles mm -hmm. the realization allows me as a parent to do what the realization is to have compassion for yourself to not nice. beat yourself okay. up is to then not look at it as like you failed in some way but it's just to reflect at yourself and not to put those expectations on the child because it's that pressure that they have to live up to some view of what that parent thinks they should be, right? You've heard stories of children who have to perform this way, have to do this, and they suddenly are getting credited for their talent, not the effort. Right. right? And a lot of the time, it's going back to something else here. Um, if you're rewarded for your talent, that child would then very rarely want to go out there and put, put themselves out there because if they go for it and they're not as talented as say someone else, they feel their identity because the parents have said, oh, you're so talented, you're so talented and reward them for that. The fear of failure sets in and they already have this perception of their, the expectation from their parents that they don't want to let them down. So they'd rather just not try and put the effort in 
in order for them to not be seen that if they go for it and they fail, their, their, their identity is threatened. So I'm just looking at it as rewarding children for their effort and just rewarding them as an individual, not what they bring in. Oh, well done on that A grade. Well done. It's, it's more about them as a person. So you're, you're talking about don't, don't love them for what they do, love them for who they are. A hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. Because if you get them to that point and they feel like they need to, they become pleasers in some way. Um, and then they become someone, they're just doing whatever they're doing in order to get something rather than just being who they are and just loving them for who they are because that's what they're craving for. And if, if they're not able to then achieve or go out there and do this thing, then they look elsewhere, right? They just think, well, I can't do it, but there's the stress of it and I can't go to my parents. So I'm going to find a, a crutch. And if it's smoking weed or if it's then drinking, and then it leads on to something else because they don't know how to process it and deal with it. Right. And it's just about making sure that they have a space where they can come to you, where they, they don't need to be something, they just are, and you have an open space just to love them for who they are. And that's, that's how I see it. If you didn't get that as a parent, mm -hmm. how do you give it to your kid? How do, you, how do you give what you've never received? By learning to give to yourself. So I came from my past, I don't know if we mentioned it on this part of the um, interview, but my mother died when I was nine years old. So I made this story up in my head that I wasn't worthy enough for her to hang around, let alone live, right? I mean, you can imagine what that does to you unconsciously, the kind of decisions you make. Might you turn you into worthless. an actor. Might turn you into an actor, a hundred percent, to escape from something, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's all about removing that mask and be authentically you. This is what I do and help people to wake up, go big and live extraordinarily by removing those layers, go deep into the core and to heal that inner child. In fact, to look at their caregivers in a different light. And I take them through this process so that they see it from a different perspective. They have compassion and love for their caregivers. In fact, they take now responsibility for their own lives. Right. Because a lot of, a lot of parents um, may, or the children, will do something in order to upset the parents. So it's like, I'm gonna destroy my life and say it's because of you. Right. Realizing that actually it's me who suffers in the long run. So it's just about creating the awareness so they become who they're meant to be by removing this, these decisions that they've made, they're imprisoned by these decisions as a, as a child. And the parents then built them, blame themselves, beat themselves up. And of course, this leads into, as you've got here, um, where the kids have gone away from them, they want them back. Right, right. Okay, so now we've got, we've got kids who are acting out. We've no. got parents who are recognizing Okay, this is, this is gonna start by me focusing inward, not outward. Yeah. Me not trying to fix the kid, but actually me starting to heal my own childhood mm -hmm. wounds. I, I know my listeners, my parents, teachers, and clinicians, what they love to feed on are the step-by-step -step process. Mm -hmm. So let's say a parent says, okay, I get it. I gotta, I gotta start taking care of me. I gotta start healing some of this stuff. What first? There's so much. There's a, there's a million things on the internet. There's a thousand places to go get help. What are you going to tell a parent, a person to do first if you're going to say you need to get inside and heal what's going on in you? First of all, it's having that awareness to have that conversation with yourself. Sure. Um, be compassionate and 
See, it's like a little ritual I do in yeah. the morning, which could be great for your listeners. It's meditation. Like 100%. I sit there for half an hour. It's by emptying the cup, right? right now, are you talking about eyes closed? Eyes closed. Doing just nothing. Sit there doing nothing. Like half an hour, just nothing. My brain would spin. Absolutely. And it keeps spinning until it doesn't spin. Because think about it like this. The problems that you have, I mean, we've got, you're dealing with these problems. We've got 80 to 100,000 thoughts every single day. 90% of them are the same as yesterday. So you're wondering why you keep getting the same results every single day. I look at it like this. Imagine a bottle of champagne, right? If you don't meditate, the thoughts stay locked in there. But if you pop open that champagne, pour it in a glass, the bubbles are your thoughts finally rise up. Right? And what that means is that allows new space for something new to come in. Because you have all the answers within yourself. So when you allow the thoughts to rise up and disappear, when you're sitting there, it finally comes out. The cup is empty. Because you can't get out the problems that you've created with the same level of thinking that got you into them. Right. So meditation is like a way of creating that space. So you look at that situation and go, ah, oh, it kind of stems like that Eureka moment where it comes like, go, I can look at it this way instead. Do you notice scientists who are, you know, battling the most complicated stuff and they walk on a beach or something and then they get the moment? It's that space for creativity. If you're trying to figure it out with your mind, good luck to you. It's when it comes up from within some other space. I, I, I find it, I'm, and in no way am I disagreeing with you. Yeah. But it's, it's, you know, what you can achieve in a half hour would probably certifiably drive me insane. <laughs> so do I, do I have to start with a half hour? Do I know. I... Look, for me, it's half an hour. But if it's five minutes of just conscious breathing and going with that meditation with an intention. So you have an intention. Mine is... Um, one of the gurus, sad guru, comes up with this, you know, this inner monologue, which is to say, um, I'm not this body as you breathe in and breathe out. I'm also not this mind. If you can detach yourself just by a little bit from this body of yours and your mind, because you can't be that of which you observe, right? I can't be this microphone. I'm observing it. So if I thought it was me, you'd probably commit me, right? Right. So I'm not this body either because I'm looking at this body. But you notice how you can observe the mind. You're seeing the thoughts. There's always an observation behind everything. If you, if you go crazy or you, you're mad in emotion, there's a part of you that's observing everything, which means that you're not the mind either. So in fact, you, if you're not controlling this thing that we have, this powerful technology, like this stuff here comes with instructions, right? Yeah. You look at it, did we come with instructions? We're the most powerful machine there is, right? right. So once you know how to work on this, work on this you can use it to create exactly what it is you want from your life and that's what i would give to every listener is just knowing that be gentle on yourself you're dealing with the most complicated hardware in the world and if you're not focusing where you want it to go it's going to just go everywhere and if you're not just look fo where your focus goes energy flows and i say that's the say that one. again where, say that again where your focus goes energy flows okay and a lot of this stuff is with tony robbins and yeah yeah done this 50 million people and if your focus is going towards the problems my kid is not doing this my kid is not doing you're going to get more of it it's like you know your focus goes towards paying bills i've got to pay these bills i don't have enough money to pay bills you're going to always create bills in order to have that problem right so it's like well do i am i doing that with my children because awareness will change everything because 98 percent of our life is dictated by habits 
So you're doing the same thing every day because we know you've got the, those thoughts coming in, 90% the same as yesterday. Right. So everything is not even you. You think you're controlling your life, but it's unconsciously just automated. When you become aware of everything, you suddenly might realize, oh, maybe I wasn't the best parent. Maybe that is the reason why. Mm, maybe I should take some responsibility for this. And of course, the child should take a lot of responsibility for themselves, depending right. on their age, obviously. But it's just looking in when you're going, that meditation, creating that space will allow you to look at things just differently. Compassion for yourself. Go to your child and you say, look, I'm working on myself. You can share that with your child, right? And there's a something here I'm wearing, and it's called um, Hawaiian, it's a Hawaiian thing called Haponopono. And it's a meditation where you say it intently at someone or to yourself, which is, I'm sorry, I love you. Please forgive me. Thank you. And it's something you can say to yourself to heal yourself. Something you can say to your child out loud. I just want to say, I'm sorry, I love you. Please forgive me. Thank you. It's, I'm here. If I wasn't as here as you wanted me to be, I'm here now. And creating that space, they just want that love and connection. Okay. So as we're wrapping around the end here, I want to okay. make sure that people have a way to contact you yep. um, to complain to you that they can't seem to sit longer <laughs> than a minute, which I know I would. But you're not wrong because the fastest path to consciousness is awareness of breathing. Oh, yeah. Stillness, emptiness. But these are things we desire. And of course, you, you know as well as I do, desire starts to create expectations, which create suffering. So that's why I just have an intention. Just an intention. No expectations. No expectations. It's like trying to get something from something. It's like the clown bending down to pick up its hat and it yeah. keeps kicking it away. Right. You know, just Brilliant. have this right intention. You okay. don't want to be a clown kicking your hat away. <laughs> okay. All right, Alex, let's uh, okay. let's talk about how are people going to find you to get more information, maybe join you on a video, a podcast, whatever you're doing. Yeah, um, so they can find me on the email address of teamcoachalexroseman.com. Uh, my, my Facebook is Alex Roseman Speaker. Uh, Instagram is Alex Roseman Speaks. And I'm always putting content out there. I've got a newsletter if they want to sign up for it. Um, the list goes on. So if they want to reach out to me on any of those avenues, I'd be happy to answer their questions perfect anything they have i'm sure there's quite a few percolating in your mind there perfect alex thank you very much for being on beyond risk and back My absolute appreciate pleasure. it stay thank with you. me for a second as i'm going to uh take us on out all right folks thanks for joining i'm going to be you, doing uh facebook live streams all day with all these guests here in london uh thanks for joining us you guys on facebook with beyond risk and back at the icad conference in london this has been Beyond Risk and Back, live from London at the International Addictions and Associated Disorders Conference. I want to give a lot of thanks to ICAD here in London, also to Mental Health News Radio Network and Fire Mountain Residential Treatment Center. Remember parents, take care of yourselves first, take care of your adult relationship second, and take care of your children third, because in that way, we do our best work with our children. Thanks for making Beyond Risk and Back the number one parenting podcast. We'll see you next week.